You're listening to a DM podcast. Welcome to Over the Back Fence. I'm Di Edwards. I'm Nicola Dale and we're buddies of nearly four decades and yes, we actually do happen to share a back fence. We do. (laughs) We love parties, people, inspirational stories and honestly, making the most out of life. (laughs) So join us as we open our hearts, share our stories and hear from some of the most inspirational people in the world and have a laugh (laughs) along the way. Enjoy. Enjoy. Hey, Jody, talk about travel. Is that something that you like to do? <laughs> uh, it's really funny. Travel to me is like, in the diary, it's like life, 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 travel, life, life, travel, life, life, travel. It's like my escapism. It's my balance. It's my centering. It's everything. It opens your eyes and you switch off from a routine that you normally have in your day-to-day life. I love hearing that too, because as you know, and as a lot of the listeners know too, that, you know, I flew for Qantas for 34 years and, (laughs) and, uh, you know, boy, that was a lot of fun. And a lot of our listeners have also said they want to hear more about travel, more about aviation (laughs) and the behind the scenes of it all. And so I will tell you what, I think get ready for takeoff, everybody. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Buckle up, because we have got, we have got (laughs) Captain Greg Fitzgerald in our lounge here over the back fence here about to take off and uh, you're not only just a a top captain with Qantas for 34 years you're an aviation professor with a love of boats planes trains and everything else that comes with travel so welcome aboard welcome Welcome. thanks girls great to be here yeah like that's that's a remarkable amount of years up in the bloody skies like Seriously. Yeah, 35 years yeah. with Qantas is a long time. Yeah. Incredible, like yeah. how it's changed aviation. And it's just not just like even, I mean, we love all the Qantas pilots, but you are quite an exceptional pilot, really. Because tell us a little bit about... What makes you exceptional? Yes. Yeah, come on. <laughs> I know I'm, you know, like tooting your I horn a little know. bit here, but really... I'm not sure, so sure that I'm exceptional. I think I'm, but a, I think but I'm allowed to brag because but I, can I flew to say... the air lunch and <laughs> your name's pretty Hey, quickly, nice. did you guys ever fly together? We think we did, yes. Yeah, we're pretty sure. We remember a face and a smile and we... Yeah, that's what I thought. started in yeah. 1986. How's yeah. that? Yeah, that's back to so back to days. exceptional. <laughs> I think yeah. exceptional isn't the right word. I just <laughs> okay. I had a varied career yeah. other than just fly yeah. uh, the line. I was fortuitous enough to uh, be uh, get into management and uh, end into training. Yeah. And over the years, I uh, became the manager of pilot recruitment, which I found really funny because uh, a couple of years before I got into Qantas, I was knocked back by Qantas. And that's wow. how I ended up flying in New Guinea and uh, five years later or maybe a little bit more I was actually running pilot recruitment anyway so your pilot recruitment I ran their cadet all their cadets can we cut in there what what does it take to recruit a pilot as in mentally yeah look Qantas led the world in behavioral interviewing and doing a different sort of psych test and they sat there uh, the peer captains that people thought were really good down in the mid-1990s And they pulled them apart and came up with new psychological tests based on these people who they thought were really good. And we use those. Give me an example. Give us the gauze. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, they came up with... Because let's be honest, if I'm in a fuselage and there's turbulence, 
I want to hear calmness from the party. Well, and that's okay? one of them. And he's in a good headspace. Like, okay, he spoke well. We're fine. We're fine. We're fine. <laughs> they came up with nine core competencies that made a really good captain. And when you recruit a, a new pilot, you're not looking for them just to be a, a co-pilot or, or, or a, a nice flight person. engineer. You want them to be an A380 <laughs> captain eventually. Mm, wow. um, so some of the competencies were decision-making, team-building, communication, and it goes on and on. But it, they built a test around it, and we tested for them. On top of that, we t- also tested in the simulator a number of interviews, medicals, uh, and uh, criminal history checks. It's a very long process, I and it's still imagine. a very long process. Yeah, yeah. And I, I would imagine. What, it what was... about the hosties? Do they do that with the hosties? <laughs> the hosties <laughs> with the mosties? I'll tell you what, back in the day, no, how, that... how Craig and I can sort of you know, tell many a story, but also back in the day it used to be, you had to be, you had to go on the scales, you had to be, yes. yeah, yeah. You know, oh yeah. my God. And, and so all those things, how things are out the it's window, true. but you had to be a certain look. If you didn't have wow. that lipstick on, and I think yes. I've still got my lipstick sort of like yeah. actually, here it is. What is it? Touch, yeah, touch, up, touch before up before she touch touches down. down. Those yeah. little hosty that Disagree. hasn't left me. But can I just also say, we've got so much to say, but you know what yeah, I love yeah. hearing? Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry you didn't get into Qantas the first time around, but I just think that's just a great example for every listener here. Everyone gets a knockback, and sometimes you get a knockback in life. You go, that's it, I can't do it. It's well, so you true. you obviously had that inner drive you know, to go, right, I'll try it again. Or How did that Is work that for you? Is that how it came about? I love hearing that. Well, can I also just quickly pick you girls up on you're not politically correct. Ooh. Oh, using the word hosty. You can't do Ooh. that oh. anymore. <laughs> You, no, wait on. It was, wait the, on. It was hosty with the mosty. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what about trolley jolly? <laughs> no, female flight attendant now. And then, can I say 30, oh, it's, it's now 38 years since I actually joined. Yeah. Yes. That political correctness yeah. was fun. Oh, you know, yeah, it was, well, it was just, it's called relax. It's relaxed. Laughter. Have a bit of fun. Have a laughter, bit of a laughter, laughter, it's laughter. gone. You know, the pendulum swung it's sometimes it's too, too far, far the other yeah, way. Sometimes hasn't too exactly. far. I agree but with that. But from a knockback, yeah. you yeah. just said, yeah. right, and it looks like yeah, you well, hasn't look, stopped. You know, being knocked back from Qantas, I had very little experience. That actually got me the job in New Guinea. And the greatest flying I ever did in my whole career bar some of the jumbo flying I did, <laughs> uh, um, was having my time in New Guinea. So, oh, you know, the gods work in funny ways some ways. Yeah, the if I'd got into Qantas the first time, I would never have got the opportunity to fly for a regional airline see, in New Guinea. That, and, see, we um, all think it's the worst day of their lives and yet that the universe is saying, ah, we're going to send you sideways, yeah. it's going to be better. Yeah, And it was Bingo. better. Yeah. Also, no, 747, Greg and I both flew in what we call it the queen of the skies. Absolutely. Mm. Can you tell us Forever. some of the, you know, what's it like flying the yeah. 747? Is that your favourite aircraft? Uh, without or? a doubt. Wow. Tell us Without oh, a yeah. doubt. Look, Why is uh, that? Of, of my 35 years, I had 22 years on the 747 and the rest of the time was on the 767. People think the bigger the aircraft, the harder it must be mm. to fly. It's actually not true. It's the queen of the skies because mm. it's a pilot's aircraft. It's a docile dot giant. It's a beautiful pilot's aircraft. It's, yeah, it's big, it's cumbersome, but you point it in towards the ground or the runway and it goes there. I mean, all my years on the 767, which was a challenging pilot's aircraft, you had to fly it all the way to the ground. Mm. But the the engineering in the jumbo was just beautiful. Can can we ask you some questions? Just I want to know your worst flying experience in all those years of being in the air. Ooh, you're going to give this away. Try and give us your worst <laughs> flying experience. Believe it or not, probably it wasn't the worst in the way you're thinking of the the word worst, um, but it was on the ground. 
And I just landed in Coolangatta because the 767 was uh, doing both domestic and international flying at that mm. time. And we pulled into the gate and without any indications on the flight deck at all, the tower said one of our engines was on fire. Oh, whoa. That I'm glad was, they told you. Well, yeah. immediately <laughs> after that, we did get a fire warning and uh, we put the fire bottle and everything into the uh, engine. The engine, the fire didn't go out. That was the problem. So, And you had a full flight, like with passengers? Oh, we had a full flight. We were oh, about to disembark. But the engines hadn't been shut down. Anyway, look, it's the only time in my career we've uh, prepared the cabin to be uh, evacuated. Wow. And not with slides. Yes, we were. Oh, wow. We were about to. Always want to go right yes. down one of those. So, so <laughs> you, not in the well, huts. It's, it's so not Luna Park. No, you know. no, no, <laughs> no. And they no. didn't let things go in the huts. And, and in, our, on in the our wing. training and our safety training is so important. You know, as cabin crew, uh, it's so important. But for pilots and technical, it's, it's that next level. And you were tested how often? Can I just say yeah. from that incident, yes, yeah. when we stood to the cabin crew to alert, ready to open mm. the doors, it was not long after. A British Airways 737 had a similar incident in Manchester and unfortunately a cabin crew member panicked down the back and opened a door into the fire, which led to the fire coming into the cabin and killing a lot of people. Our cabin crew this day were superb. Now, we didn't have to evacuate the aircraft. They didn't panic. Wow. They'd assess the fire, and as it turned out, the, the fire and What went was out. your worst flying issue, most frightening flying in the air issue? Can, Come on, give us the fr- goss. Well, okay, well, there'd been uh, hurricanes up around Hong Kong, and Hong Kong had been closed for days. No airplanes had, had gone. And I was actually a first officer on the 747. I wasn't mm. the captain. And we got to the airport and operations control said, oh, you're going, going. We said, why? Hong Kong's closed. They said, oh, commercial reasons. They think it might open. The wind might abate. And we had so much fuel on board to go back to Manila if it happened. Long story short, we held in horrendous conditions. We ran around and around in circles. Um, Those sick bags would have been out. Oh, yeah, they were out. That's for sure. uh, No tea or coffee. Eventually, uh, a Cathay Pacific made an approach. No one was getting in. They made an approach down the harbour and they got in. So we made an approach, and as we broke out of the driving rain and wind, the crosswind was so horrendous. When I looked forward to tell the captain, because he's flying on, on instruments, I couldn't see the runway. Oh. That's because it w- we were turned into the wind so much, it was 90 degrees out to my right. Oh Whoa. <laughs> and, uh, that were the days with all the, the, the high-rise either yeah, side well, of the runway. Yeah, that was coming in the other way. We were yeah. going straight down the harbour. Yeah. So, Amazing. And, and then the wind just came off in the last 500 feet and we oh. landed and oh. Cathay and ourselves were the only two people or aircraft to get in for two days. Yeah. <laughs> so when you say frightening, it wasn't yeah, yeah. frightening, frightening, but it was probably yeah. one of the hardest I've ever had to work. Yeah. Wow. And I love those questions because it's so true. People want to know that and there's a lot of people that fear. And I think it's something we say, Greg and myself, when we've been trained so well with Qantas, we just naturally diffuse the thing because we know how safe it can be. And we was just talking recently about the Japan Airlines flight yes. and how well they did as, as cabin crew and pilots, the one there where, you know, they did a full evacuation and they got, you know, everyone out and no one was injured in that short period of time. But they guarded the doors and did all that. that so it sort of stopped people from having that fear of flying, yeah. which so many people do. It's but remarkable. I'll tell you what, you are in safe hands. But I've always... 
because imagine um, Nicola was interviewed on the Today Show about this, and I wanted to ask a Switch question, person. but I couldn't. Yes, yeah. But I wanted now. I'm, mm. I'm going to interview Nicola. I'm just digressing yeah, a little bit. I love this. My yes. question to you is: okay. I've always wondered, <laughs> and I'm sure a lot of people have. Yes. Excuse me, I'm going to swear, but I can because it's a podcast. <laughs> like I always thought, if an emergency happened, it'd be hosties would be every man for him fucking self. I'm out of here. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like, see you later. Bye. Like, I'm number one. Mm. Where, as you were talking about the, the Japan Airlines flight, like, oh, my God, it was structured. It was organized. It, it was remarkable to hear that. But mm. do you understand what I'm saying? I like, do. To and me, it was always every, each man for himself. And that's why I think it's here. a good point to yeah. to sort of bring up, Di. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. And I think for everyone listening, too, is that cabin crew and pilots, we are safety professionals. So even though you had the term of sort of like, you know, with a trolley dolly and you're there to serve food and whatever, we are there Absolutely, our number one aim is for safety. safety, you know, and to get off safely. So yes, you want to have fun along the way, and I've popped more champagne bottles than yeah. I think the most people. But you, but, know, you got kids at home, you know, yes. and you're going, uh, let you, them off first. Mm. Yeah, but I, th- I think it's, it's remarkable. Thing, I, I, I guess you train so well that yeah. you've got, say, even ninety seconds to do something that you do automatically. Oh, of course, you have to look after yourself so you, you can look after everybody else. What do they yeah. say? Put the put the um, oxygen yes. mask on first yeah so as crew we do put the oxygen mask we look after ourselves to look after everyone else else. and nicola is absolutely right people used to say yeah how did you handle the responsibility of Mm. of looking after 350 passengers well the short answer is if i look after my own ass i've looked after their ass yeah so if i keep myself safe you can apply that to life can't you yeah it's a great everything we try to do is with the life so that's a great one and, I love and, hearing and that. why mm. people get frightened is the lack of control and the lack of knowledge. Correct. So whilst the pilot might be working very hard in an emergency situation, even if you can get a five or ten second PA out to the passengers saying, hey, I'm still alive, yeah. we're okay. Yeah, a bit of a giggle, Everyone, yeah. ev- Well, everybody relaxes it. a bit, but they've got no control and mm. people don't like the loss of control. And that's where yeah. a lot of fear of flying comes that's from. Like I used to stare at the hosties. Yes, 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 yeah. I used to. I don't yeah. so much now, but and go, what's their fa-? Oh, they look a bit frightened. <laughs> oh, I must be more frightened then. You know what I mean? Like a crazy thing. How did you love the lifestyle of being an international Qantas captain flying, you know, all around the world for 34, five years? Oh, well, I was blessed. I mean, <laughs> I equate it to Greg Norman playing golf and being paid for it. I went and did my hobby for 35 years oh. and they paid me for it. When we started, I said it was uh, life, 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 travel, life, life, life. Well, we were travel, 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 <laughs> come home, a little bit of life, travel, travel, travel. So, oh, um, it's hard on the family. We, yeah, we, we accept that. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, so. the washing machine and the dishwasher will all break down the moment you uh, you take yes, off and yes, you're yes. on your way to Los Angeles yeah. or something. That's life. Or the kid, the, the kid, <laughs> yeah, yeah, your wife will ring and yes, say yes. the kids are all sick, as uh, as Nicholas said, yes. you're, and you're sipping a cocktail in, the, in Tahiti. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill him. Yeah. Yeah. And, and relationship-wise, yours. Yeah, I've just gone. I've just had my forty-year okay. wedding anniversary so in December. Oh, why? Yeah. Like to put like with Nicola and me. All my years of knowing. Hi, bye, hi, yeah. bye, hi. When are you back? When are you back? When are you back? Because it's all. I mean, she's a ma- like. How many children do you have? I've got three daughters. See, that's oh. a lot and, uh, to manage. They're all married, and uh, yeah, they're she's all spread incredible. around they, Australia. What's you know, her name? 
Donna. I want to give her a shout out. Donna. Donna. Hey, Donna. <laughs> so it be easy. We love you. And, yeah. you know, and, uh, but I'm yeah. sure Donna enjoyed a lot of the good holidays and the kids did too. Very good you know, point. My children, are such a, yeah. I think, were blessed as well yes. from young kids going to Africa on trips and things yeah. like that. Yeah. I think like a job well, made it work for you. It's interesting. Just this last weekend, I was commentating on an Antarctic flight and wow. we went down to... Uh, Mount Erebus and McBurdo, and I was fortunate enough to have two of my daughters and their husbands with me. Aww. And my third daughter actually came with me on another flight on New Year's Eve. Wow. But the eldest daughter years ago, and she was just little, only th- maybe three or four, we got onto a jumbo to go on holidays. And uh, we came in the front door and we turned left to business class, which yes. we've been fortunate Love enough to get. And so at the top of her voice, my, my daughter said, Hey, Dad. Who does sit down the back of these aeroplanes? <laughs> as, as kids have no filters. And uh, I said, I if you don't be quiet, you in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> I remember getting on a plane once and I turned left mm. and he went, no, 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 Mrs. Edwards, you're the other way. I was so embarrassed. <laughs> Doing the walk of shame, going back. And you isn't know? it funny too how times have changed? You know, like you used to be on the aircraft back in the day and if you are if you did turn left, you'd have to have a suit and tie. Oh, yeah. It was very much and if you and to be upgraded, you had to. Look, they wouldn't upgrade you unless you look good. And that, now I've left corner, so I'm just happy to get on. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I love that. And tell us about your flight yeah. deck days when people could actually go and visit the captain and see you know the yes. captain. The who fun did you, days. Who did you who did you see? Who did you have some sort of like key visitors or prominent people? Come up to the that, two that stand out. We had uh, Patrick Stewart once. Yes. Now. Patrick Stewart was the uh, captain of the USS Enterprise in Star Trek, the second series. Now, he came up and he's sitting there for quite some hours and he's going, oh, wow, look at all these instruments. And I'm sitting there thinking, my goodness, I've got the captain of the Starship USS <laughs> Enterprise sitting here. Telling <laughs> you, know, you that. Telling me, yeah. saying, wow. wow. That's cool. And uh, well, the other guy one. that springs to mind is, is Gordon Scully Power. Now, mm. Scully Power was actually the first Australian astronaut, but he had to change nationalities to go to space. He had to become an American citizen. And whilst officially Andy Thomas was the first uh, Australian, uh, Scully Power ultimately... Uh, went to space as a mission specialist, and he actually was head of the astronaut program. And so I was fascinated by talking to him about what, Meantime, how the they sel- gone. how they <coughs> how well, they selected. Oh, I'm going to bring it back. Sorry, I got so carried away. Well, it's yeah. the only time. It was a daylight flight back from Los Angeles, and we have a heavy crew, so we have relief pilots. And it's the only time in my life no one would go on their break. They just sat there. He was wow. so fascinating talking about going up you're in the space shuttle. You're such a techie. Me and Nicola were talk- thinking you're going to say Beyonce. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're right, you know I what I mean? Too. You get my point. But uh, that's what's been married for 40 years. <laughs> Very true. Well but said. Remember, some of the terminologies, you know, there with sort of like airline crew, I think sort of globally is, you know, we all know what B.O.B. is, don't we? You know, Bob, best on board. Best on board. And it used to sometimes used to get like a, a little message or is going. Or just a Nicola? The, the best on no, board. I've never heard that before. Oh, <laughs> I knew it. That's the I answer. Knew it. That's the answer. That's See? why he's been married. That's for the hosty with the mosties. Because Norma used to be sort of like, can you, can you bring? Who's the sort of one sitting Tea in twenty five A? Can she have an invitation to the flight deck, please? We <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so best on board. Uh, yeah. Well, and what about some of your favourite destinations when you were flying with Qantas? Yeah, sixty countries you've been to. That's pretty yeah, remarkable. Yeah, and, and some of them were outside of flying with Qantas. Yeah, because of I, I, I take That's people overseas on trip, trips. Yes. 
trips now for a, a mm. company called Captain's Choice. But mm. without a doubt, I mean, if I'm going to select something mm. other than Sydney, because I mm. think Sydney's just the greatest Yay. city in the world. Yeah. Yeah. We, we're the same. We agree. Yeah, just yeah. a lot of international Just to, just to keep my friends Sydney, in Melbourne yes. and Brisbane happy, yeah, you're pretty good too. Without a doubt, there's two. I mean, I love New York. Yeah. Absolutely love New, New York. York. New York, you're going to break into a song, darling. Oh, in a minute. Yeah, it's well, Jeez, little town blues. Don't have a podcast. You'll die. Oh, it in a way. If I can make it there, I'll make it anywhere. It's up to you. New York. New York. <laughs> Uh, Sorry about that. I no, look, I love too. New York Sorry, in the winter. Most people yeah. don't like it in the winter. In the, so, so it was really like easy to get to yeah. because yeah. no one else wanted to go there in the winter. Yeah. But my uh, my wife's been in and around theatre working all her life. So wow. you go to London and New York, you, you've got the West End and Broadway on your doorstep yes. and they've paid you to get there. All you've mm. got to do is go and buy a ticket, mm. you know, let alone you know, the nightlife and yes. the bars. It's just, it's really, as that song says, it's just the, the city that never sleeps. That's yeah. why Ziggler I love it. actually went to New York. Just after, after the World Trade Center. Yeah, I don't know whether yeah. you were one of the first pilots to fly there at that time, but I remember as Krugner when the whole world shut down and then we flew into New York and it was just post that. It was only a mm. couple of weeks and it was still all the burning smell. It was unbelievable. It was un- incredible. And very sad. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, what happened with New York later, at that wasn't time. It, a week later? It, was it was something as crazy. As soon as the flights could basically yeah, open up. It was very really, shortly. Yeah. My next trip was yeah. to New York. And didn't and you have we, tickets to Broadway or you something? Know, yeah, a lot of things were shut. Yeah. You know, but, um, yeah, that, yeah. Was, that it, will stay with you forever. It's one is. of those yeah. events in life you remember where you were. I wasn't yeah. on the jumbo, no. but I remember where I was. Where were you? I woke. I was in Brisbane about to take a flight to Singapore and I woke up and put the television on as you're getting ready and saw it all happening live. So... It was actually quite surreal. We went to the airport and half the cabin crew didn't want to go. That's as my question the, to half you. Half the passengers didn't want to go. How did it affect you personally well, as a pilot? Well, it didn't – because I was concentrating on just getting the aeroplane to Singapore and there was no threat in Australia, we went and did our job. But, you know, that – particular day I, I, I spoke to all the cabin crew before we boarded a lot of the passengers didn't want to board the aircraft and and rightly so probably mm-hmm. I went out into the the Qantas club and in into the uh, in into the terminal and uh, basically spoke to the Qantas manager too that if people didn't want to get on Qantas had made a decision there'd be no penalty they'd fly mm-hmm. at another time but you know everybody got on I and think you were fine. One person. You were okay. Like, yeah, per, per, yeah. I mean, but, but that didn't. Got a, Captain yeah. Greg died. Yeah, that's too, true. And you are reassuring. Greg, but I think you know. You know, we're saying Captain exceptional. Capable but I would say Greg. Most captains, and they're they're so calm and trained, yes, and, and you do take your job seriously. You know, yeah. and it's a. And I just. Think I mean, it's the whole world's going. I'm never going to fly again. He's yeah. about to take but, off. But you, you do what your job. I'm not saying it doesn't affect you, but it'll affect you later. I'll tell you a quick story about being affected. I mean, I was involved in uh, the first Bali bombing evacuation. So I was the first aircraft in after the RAAF. I got involved about 5.30 that morning and actually took off late in the afternoon and uh, two RAAF uh, Hercules had been in before us and taken the worst of the burn victims out. But there were still a lot of people. And I had an empty aeroplane. I'd taken all the Qantas medical staff and we'd taken all the care flight people, doctors and nurses and and trauma teams. I refused to take the media. Sorry, media. When we got there, it was horrendous. 
I had the uh, head doctor uh, guy from Qantas, Ian Morrison, with me, and we went into the terminal. Trained me in training school in 1986. The terminal was chaos. There were about 1,200 people in the terminal, and they'd cordon off uh, this area for stretches in front of the Qantas office. And basically, we had to go around to... uh, Ultimately, the decision was mine whether someone would fly. And time and time again, Ian was saying, this person can't fly, they're too bad. But if they don't fly, they'll die here. So the decision was actually made that we can't go to Darwin because their um, Burns unit was full. Uh, We couldn't go to Perth, their Burns unit were full with the two... uh, Air Force. Beautiful. So we came all the way back to Australia. To, and to no Sydney? one died on the aircraft. <gasps> yeah, no yeah. one died. So great. The triage people. But we've just had the 20th Major. anniversary of that. You know, and yes. yeah, yeah, it does affect you. It was. Greg. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you do somewhere? Was it Iran? Did I read somewhere? Or Iraq or somewhere? Did you do another? Um, Done a few uh, yeah. evacuations. evacuations. One, one was the SAS out of the Middle East during the Iraq, first Iraqi war. Right. Um, it was a wow. funny story because it was a covert <laughs> RAAF operation. That, uh, and so the cabin crew weren't to be told uh, where we were going. Ooh, uh, on, only only management yes. captains were involved. How uh, amazing is that? The, the Qantas was painted oh, out, like painted out on the aircraft, we and officially <laughs> we were going as an RAAF flight. Well, the day before, Qantas found out that the RAAF hadn't got the overflight clearances that we needed to get into the Middle East. So quickly overnight, all. All the uh, the paint that was put on over Qantas and the tail was taken off. Qantas no more ab- kangaroo flying kangaroo. Well, we yes, actually yes, we, yes. we actually then operated into Dubai as probably one of the very first Qantas flights ever to land in Dubai, and it was wow. quite op- open then. The That's Qantas amazing. was in the Middle East, and we picked wow. up the SAS. And the other one I did was just uh, at the beginning of COVID, which was probably one of my proudest moments, was I actually went into Wuhan. That, um, that is yeah. amazing. Wow, that's huge. So what that's we, that's a February or March? February. 2020. Yeah. So the week before, wow, we'd done huge. one other evacuation flight, repatriation flight of Australian yeah. citizens. Yes. And I was actually doing an, an Antarctic charter that weekend, and I took the one the f- only five days, six days later. And, and at that stage, no one really knew what was going no, on. No, that's right. No. Tell us about that flight well, to Wuhan. Well, the crew all um, were positioned up to Hong Kong because it would have been too long to go from Australia to Wuhan and back. And then the aeroplane uh, came up empty from Australia with only the people on board with DFAT, doctors, nurses, uh, etc. All of them had been on the flight five days earlier. Mm. It landed in Hong Kong... And whilst they're still on their way, operations in Sydney and myself are dealing with a situation where the Chinese government refused to give us a diplomatic clearance to enter China. Not air traffic control clearance, I'm talking diplomatic clearance. Long story short, we did not get the diplomatic clearance to go into Wuhan. By this time, the aeroplane had landed in Hong Kong. And because all of those people on board, and there were 40 people on board, had been to Wuhan, even though they had never got off the aeroplane the week before, Hong Kong wouldn't let them land. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> it was crazy so times, wasn't it? Flying around, flying around. So they're on the ground. Crazy. Oh. So, so there, were two, there were two decisions. Yeah. Well, we can't leave them on, on the aeroplane for four, four, 24 hours. Absolutely. They'd already flown nine or 10 hours to get yes. to Hong Kong. Yeah. So we'll have to fly them back to Australia rather than go to Wuhan. To their credit, every one of them said, no, 
will sit on the airplane for 24 hours. You're kidding. Really? And they did. The engineer went out. We had a travelling engineer. Did you engineer. Hide that from the media? That, I can't yeah, remember hearing that. Well, that Greg was amazing. Exactly. Media, remember? <laughs> that's right. And there was no little whispers well, in the air. I was as comfortable like as possible. You know, <laughs> wow, with food, I never heard water. that story. Now, the Hong that's Kong authorities remarkable. the next morning, they did relent a little bit and they allowed them into the Qantas club to have showers. Oh, there is uh, a champagne. Anyway, the ne- <laughs> they're going to be in the chairman's having some So bubbles, I take my hat off to them. They, they were going to get wow. this job done. We, we then did depart the following night to Wuhan, and it was eerie when we landed. Wow. Think of New York or London yes. Heathrow, an enormous airport. Oh, this yeah. is a huge place, Wuhan. Mm. I didn't even and know that. if you go mm. into the terminal of this huge airport, mm. and there's not an aircraft there. It's wow. the, a ghost town. Yeah. There were one or two other of and probably a hundred yeah. gates. Yeah, incredible. Why I say it was probably really, I was really happy or proud about this. Of the 250 people we took out, 153 were unaccompanied Australian children. Oh, oh really? So we got we got so all these kids. It was a rescue flight. It really was a rescue flight. So wow. that would make you feel proud, and that's mm. where Qantas did a, a lot of those you Sterling know ones job. with it's like these rescue flights. When a disaster happens around the world, they're wonderful at doing that. And for you being the captain is a huge thing. So I remember it with the whole thing. That's when I suppose the world and flying changed. But being on an aircraft that had just come from Wuhan, and even the cabin crew were scared oh, yeah. to going on going. Touching it's going through the air conditioning paranoia. system. There's all this yep. other stuff yeah. there. Remember the fear at that time? Yeah. Well, can I say um, it was a, <laughs> the safest flight I've ever been on. The right. whole up, it was sanitised with The whole upper deck lines. was a, a sterile, safe area for uh, crew. Yeah. The forward cabin of business class was a sterile, safe area for all the DFAT doctors, mm. nurses travelling with us. Premium economy was a buffer area for putting hazmat suits on. And then all our passengers were actually in uh, economy. Now, the cabin crew, as Nicola said, Mm. are there 100% for safety. Mm. So when the people got on... They were all in hazmat suits okay. and they attended the, the doors. For, How could you drink a, your champagne, though? Well, this they didn't issue. get it. They did oh. not get it. So <laughs> they had, beef, I'm they had, wearing a hazmat they had suit. Pre, 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 Can you imagine sitting in one? Like, yes. yes. That is yeah. pretty incredible. I remember seeing Love cabin, a photo of you that. You will see cabin crews sometimes going through international airports and a lot of American ones and they'd come off the aircraft. They, you wearing wouldn't be recognised yes. in your uniforms. You would have it get, was a crazy time in the world. Sad note, but a beautiful note was Greg flew the 747 over, over to heading the last 747 going out to the Mojave Desert. Yeah. I still call Australia and you were there. home. Nicola was actually at the Opera House. Could, like it's that. such an emotional thing. Mm. I can't even imagine for yourself, Greg, but as for cabin crew and flying for so long, we all loved. And I flew on the Queen of the Skies and. I was there at the Opera House when it was doing its final flight and we were, we all got dressed up in the poochies and the YSL and all the uniforms there and we looked up and there you was were Greg. the captain. Tell us what it was like. Look, it was an honour to be asked to start yes. with, to be part of, part of the team to take it. It was a team, it wasn't just me. But a lot of work went into it. I don't think people realise just how much work. And I, I will mention the fleet captain by name, Owen Weaver. It was his idea. Um, He's and a he great was the one guy, who Owen. he was the guy who convinced uh, Alan Joyce 
that you just can't let the last jumbo go without it, some sort of ceremony, Fabulous. COVID or not. Pop spa in the Andes with that one. Did so, you tip the wings? <laughs> yeah, so you've got to remember all the jumbo pilots and most of the pilots in Qantas were stood down and yes. they've been stood down for of months course. and months. So we weren't current. So there's a huge, a huge number of simulators we had to go back retrained. in and, and get retrained. I actually into the Mojave Desert had been asked to be the first officer, so I was in an operational front seat. But my right-hand seat endorsement had lapsed, so I had to get re-endorsed. The actual captain operating when the final touchdown was was a guy called Hewan Cameron. Yes. And Hewan uh, had operated the jumbo for 40 straight years. We believe Hewan was the longest operating jumbo person in the world. So all these things happen. All the red tape. And then How many people the listening have been on a 747? Oh Come no. on. And the flying Most rep- people. And, uh, and is this correct? It's very emotional to that me. That they did loved, actually sort of like it. in the shape, the flight charter went like a shape like the um, tail of a, yeah, a, like a kangaroo. Plane. Kangaroo. So the, isn't that incredible? We had to Huge. go and practice that. Huge red tape. And put them tape. on yeah, during that idea. week there and, and well, some of the uniform. Well, the other thing about that day is, A, we'd had to go and practice it all in the simulator that it wouldn't have been a good look had we had an incident that day. (laughs) But we were in the air for nearly two hours, probably nearly closer to three, and then we pointed the aeroplane towards Los Angeles and started a 13- to 14-hour flight. So we were really heavy, which is unusual for a a display flight. So Mm. we took off. We flew down the harbour at low level. We're at at nearly 400 tonnes. Now, normally you would be doing these sort of display flights at about 260 or 70. Oh, you had the fuel on board. We had so much fuel on board. So that is a a problem in itself which needed to be managed. Uh, We flew low level down the coast to the Historical Aircraft Restoration Society down in Mm. Wollongong where the very first... Jumbo 747-400 is, is parked and we flew low level over there and tipped our wings. So basically mm. it was the last jumbo saluting the first jumbo. Just oh, jumping ahead. Yeah. Well, how emotional were you when you landed in the desert and said goodbye to the last uh, again, I mean, I get emotional. Yeah. Isn't that weird? We were all in tears. Maybe because someone that I love and adore that was yeah. her office in the sky for so long. Yeah, well, um, it like, was emotional. Yeah. The whole thing was emotional. We, we did go up and draw the kangaroo. Yes. And as I said to Owen, if it looks like a Wombat, I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> if it looks like the kangaroo, I'll t- say I was involved. But we landed in, um, in in LA and then took the aeroplane to the Mojave Desert. And what was it like in the Mojave Desert? Was it Must just, be eerie. Was it just oh, like it's eerie. It's, it's eerie to take, take aeroplanes. Oh, a thousand. Easily. Wow. I had been to one wow. of the other graveyards a few years earlier, no. uh, which is Victorville, which is just another another uh, airport in the Mojave Desert, and I took another 747 mm. in there. But there was no palaver about that. That was mm. just a, a standard yeah. thing. But we love palaver. Yeah, we love a little bit of palaver. And <laughs> yeah. we love, we love, so many people love different oh, travel gosh. or whatever, and you're certainly an expert. Now, tell us a little bit about these Antarctica charters. Mm. Would the average person love that, or what's it, what's it like? Oh, it's amazing. I've studied Antarctic history for 20 years. Ultimately, I'm obsessed by Shackleton. Yeah. Well, obsessed I, by him. I could sit here and you, talk to you about you Shackleton no all day. Yeah, there you and go. for anyone else you, that yeah. doesn't know who that is. I was yes. commentating uh, wow. all day Sunday down over, and I talked a lot about Shackleton and He's Scott. But I tell them back. 
I tell the backstories, yeah. the stories yeah. people haven't heard no, I love after it. reading all the so diaries. How, and what all. a dream, though, to have yeah. all that knowledge and then work, go and work. Yeah, so in look, the, I, I became the, the manager of the Antarctic operations for six years for Qantas mm. and uh, Antarctic flights. Uh, they've been doing it for 29 years. When we start up in November this year, there'll be our 30th year going there. And when I left Qantas during COVID, the CEO of uh, Antarctic Flight slash Captain's Choice rang me and said, we'd like you to become a commentator. And I said to him, well, I've listened to your commentators and they are the most knowledgeable people I've ever come across. You know, they've all worked and lived in Antarctica or they're glaciologists, mm, they're volcanologists. Mm. I know a lot about the history and I, I love the history, but my level of knowledge isn't what theirs is. And then he said, that's exactly why I'm asking you. Exactly. Oh, wow. Yeah, your um, wow. And anyway, I, I fooled them. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, before we started, I said she could talk underwater, but apparently, <laughs> apparently I, but I can talk underwater just, too, yeah, and I've fooled yeah, them ever yeah. since. But for the yeah. listeners, it's, it's an interesting uh, experience. I've done one of the ones as cabin crew, and it's funny with your family. I took my mum with me, and it was amazing because you actually go for like the day, or you can go for a New Year's Eve Sounds experience. Great. It's uh, a day there, and then you fly over. And then you're commentating what you see below. Yeah, and I can tell you, last Sunday... It's just more it than just ice. It was fantastic. <laughs> it was crystal clear down around. What do you see? Mountain. Like, what are some of, some of the joys well, that you can see? Yeah, part and of, a lot oh, of blue. Oh, from, <laughs> you think that, but, I mean, the yeah. size of the icebergs down there. The, oh, I, I, the, I want to do the it. The ice tongues. You know what I love about Greg is that he re- retires from flying with Qantas after all those years... Yep. And now, like so many people, either retire and they get sadly old and sometimes sick because they sit there and say, I'm retired. Mm. You, with your passion, you went on planes and it, trains is, and, it, and ships. He's just getting into and you're now he's like woo. a tour guide. <laughs> and you're Tell us about the trains too. Have you got a connection there? Toot, toot, well, the train, know? well. <laughs> people probably thought we were joking. Well, oh, the old, well, well this is with vi- I've got to give another plug. So this is with Vintage Rail Journeys and it's the old Southern Aurora. We have a champagne on board. Aurora, that's really emotional. So in the, 19, in the, the 1960s and 70s, of course, the first class way to go to Melbourne was, was the overnight sleeper to on the Southern Aurora. The photos of my grandma from yeah. Melbourne to Sydney on the Southern Aurora. There's a little girl meeting her. It's it was been, it was, mm, it was bought by a private couple and it's been restored back to the original condition of the 1960s, of 69 when it started. Oh, how cool So you're doing day that? trips? You're no, doing they're five-day trips. Oh, five Four nights. Wow. And oh, that sounds like fun. You know like what fun. I want to do? do yeah. you know, and I want to get... What do you want to do? I want to pack in that suitcase <laughs> there, all outfits from the 60s <laughs> to wear. Oh, we well, how did cool. I get involved We should have a party on it. Exactly. Let's no, do let's it. let's do it. Let's do an over-the-back-fence party. Now you're Greg, talking. We've got our Greg Can you organise that, Greg? Thank you very Our capable tour And we'll see if we can even book it out with some of our over-the-back-fence listeners, you know. And what about any sort of Travel tips. I mean, not just from a captain's point of view. If you're a punter on board, what are sort of Greg's travel tips for people now? Don't drink now? too much or the pilot will yeah, come is down. It, and yeah. see do you take sleeping yeah. pills? Probably not. I don't know. Do you drink champagne or do you have your water? N- or number one tip mm-hmm. on uh, long haul travel uh, is people get off and they, they say they're jet lagged. Yeah. 90% of jet lag, I believe, is dehydration. There you go. So Because they were sweating on board? Or no, alcohol? because they're not, <laughs> drink, <laughs> they're not <laughs> drinking enough water. I mean, so if you look closely, uh, within hand's everyone. reach of all the cabin crew and all the pilots, there's a bottle of water True. nearly all mm-hmm. the time. Yeah. So I say to people, by all means, have a few drinks. 
and Gone maybe a few mm. coffees, mm. but That's don't go overboard, but really drink is. a lot of water. Yeah. Yes. And it's amazing how, how much better you feel. And it's funny, we mentioned earlier, I mean, when after 9-11, we weren't allowed to uh, passengers on the yes. flight deck anymore, and it's one of the things I miss the most. Yes, isn't is it? It, 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 the interaction with yeah. people, at, and look, basically, people are lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Occasionally, you get a narc, but yeah, but a narc, and, yeah, and whilst that. it was still possible mm. for a pilot to go back into the cabin, it became quite difficult. So, mm. jump forward, people people ask me, why do you do? what I'm doing now and it, it actually sounds like I'm doing more than I really am because I can pick oh. and choose now but, how um, lovely. but the main reason is the interaction with people there you go and, and most and people on holidays are just lovely lovely yeah. people and they've all got a story to tell you know what and I think and for our, again, I, think, I think for our listeners too it's just a great mm. thing for travel whether you're traveling to state whether you travel then really you know like by train or boat or plane sometimes just a change of environment is great and I tell you what some of your stories has been incredible but we've got a couple of our signature we do. questions. We do, do you we do, we do. Shoot oh, okay, Greg. Gregaroonie. Woohoo! Um, we're becoming I hope, very I hope You notice it was Captain, Captain Greg when I arrived, Captain now Greg. it's Gregaroonie. Exactly. Now it's Gregaroonie. <laughs> I tell you what, it used to be. <laughs> what were you a hosting no, with the most in? It used to be, it wasn't Captain back I when I started, it was God. <laughs> and, and Sam's our producer, I call her Sammy the Seal. Uh, right, so the question yes. is if you had an opportunity of meeting anybody in the world, over the back fence, who would that be and why? All right. It is going to be someone associated with Antarctica. Oh, goody. Wow. But it's not Shackleton. No, and it's someone that? that you're probably not going to expect. It's Sir Hubert Wilkins. Okay, pass. Fill now, me in. Sir Hubert, in my mind, is Australia's greatest explorer. And he's right up there, right alongside Douglas Mawson. And yet virtually no Australians have ever heard of him. What advice would you give your 20-year-old self? Mm. Um, you know, it'd be what I actually started to practice later in life, mm. which is never to be afraid to have a go. Oh. It's probably it's better to have tried and failed than not to have tried it at all. Mm. So I never say no to anything. I'll have a go at it, everything. Now, with some of the stuff I'm doing now, at least I've tried it. And uh, maybe it will suit me, maybe it won't. So as I got older, beyond my 20s, I started to apply that, and I still do. So, yeah. Oh, right. I'm being a real dag now. What star sign are you? Cancer. Oh, see, that's why he's been married for 40 years. And yeah. He's the, yeah. You, you know, should be surprised I even knew that. <laughs> Actually, no, a man, a, an international a new, man of mystery. Of course a, you knew he's it. He's a new age man. You know, like that. You know, there, there's thank more, you, more degree, But thank you so that much. That was You've great. Been, that was so insightful. It really have you. you know, thank you so much for joining yeah, the back yeah, fence. And, um, and everyone, thank you for it. listening. And we'll be back in your ears next Monday. We'll be. Don't forget to follow, rate and review. And stars. How many stars? Out of out of five. Why is the producer laughing? Yeah, wait, or can, can Captain Greg fly that high? No, wait a minute. Aim high because Captain Capable Greg's with us. Exactly. Aim yeah. high. <laughs> ciao, ciao. Thanks for Ciao. Listening. Thank Bye. you. Bye.